You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Texans may have a bye week this week, but we certainly don't. And in today's show, we've got Aaron Reese, who covers the leader of the AFC South for The Athletic. Looking forward to an excellent conversation. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson from Fansided's House of Houston. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Aaron is on the line with us, and I'm sure... It's not much of an off week for you either, is it, Aaron? No, no. It's like now there's all this kind of – there's a lot of energy around the team and it feels like there's a lot of stuff to write and, and pursue. And it just feels like it hasn't stopped here in a little while. Yeah, this is your first season with The Athletic. And towards the end, I want to get into how it's been for you. But I'd like to quickly run through the injuries to start with. And I'll throw out a name and you tell me where they might be in terms of recovery and how soon we could see him again. I'll start off with one of the more enigmatic situations for the Texans running back Deontay Foreman. Where is he at right now? Bill O'Brien basically said they were still kind of chewing over when to activate him. It wouldn't make any sense to activate him during the bye week because that's just going to start a 21-day window, you know, during this time when the team's mostly off and, you know, not practicing or anything. So why would you want to give him that and start the window of him practicing during this week? So definitely won't be, I don't get the sense it would be this week. For as much kind of grief as a lot of NFL coaches get for how revealing they are about injuries, O'Brien has been somewhat uh, candid about expecting some of his defensive backs when they're going to be back and stuff like that. And, and you haven't really gotten much of an answer from him on uh, Foreman. It's kind of seemed to just be a, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, where he's at week to week. And I think people view it as maybe the buy is the time to, to come off and do it. But if they don't feel he's ready, I don't think they're going to force it. What's the latest with Kiki QT? He still has a hamstring uh, injury, you know, and I was a little bit surprised that he didn't play just because how much time he had off. But, you know, it, it seems like, you know, he wants to be or the team wants to be uh, cautious with this just after, you know, he already dealt with one hamstring injury and, and you know, he's kind of a smaller guy and, so maybe they, you know, you want to make sure he's he's durable and ready to go. And uh, so it seems like they're going to be cautious there too. I mean, I guess we'll see here if, if he is ready to go after um, this this uh, or ready to go after this buy for this game against Washington. But it didn't seem like that was a, a certainty necessarily. Yeah, it sounded like he he was saying that he definitely wants to be a hundred percent. I guess maybe he didn't feel like he was a hundred percent. Uh, when he when he came off the last time, and maybe that's why he re-injured himself. I don't know if we should take him call it a re-injury just because it's the other hamstring. I think it was just kind of a an unfortunate circumstance for him where he has another one. And it's funny though because I don't know if it's better or worse that it's on the opposite hamstring. Like if it's both on one, you say oh it's a nagging problem, but if it's now on both of them, then you're saying like oh is he just like generally not durable, you know? Um, so, but either way, I think when you're a receiver, relies so much on your speed and stuff like that, you want to be careful about those sorts of injuries. Yeah, it's good you make that point because I think some people might not realize it was on uh, different hamstrings. But you know, I'm thinking maybe he just felt like uh, the first hamstring that he hurt during preseason. Maybe he he might have tried to come back a little bit earlier or something like that. Maybe he had uh, re-hurt it. The other guys I want to mention are. The cornerbacks, Aaron Colvin and Jonathan Joseph, do you expect them to be back by the Redskins game the next game? I think Colvin, yeah, it sounds like he's he's optimistic he can come back after the bye. And um seems like Jonathan maybe not a terribly long injury, but 
not quite as certain he would be, he would be ready to go like, for Washington. Last main guy I've got is uh, Zach Cunningham. And uh, me and Brian talked about the Texans really feeling his loss because uh, they were having some issues uh, with coverage, uh, tight ends. Uh, that That's the type of stuff that you miss Zach Cunningham for. What's it looking like with him right now? Because uh, he's he's certainly so key to a lot of what they're doing. Yeah, you know, they haven't um, said much of, regarding his status either today or, or before that, but there's probably some optimism that he could come back after the bye. But regardless, whenever he comes back, it certainly would be a uh, a guy who the Texans clearly missed. You know, for as much as it sometimes seemed like he was struggling in coverage at the beginning of the season, it, it was obvious like how, how much worse maybe it could have been at times when you see uh, some of those tight ends have career nights against the Texans. You're right there with this team every game. Was there anything you could see change inside the locker room or even strategically after they fall to 0-3 and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people just c- kind of gave up on him because, you know, historically that, that's the end of the road for a lot of teams. What, what changed, if anything? It's tough to say. I'm not sure you could necessarily point to any one thing. I think on the field what you could look at is, you know, the offense in the back half of this really kind of started to protect uh, Deshaun Watson better as of recently. As an offense, it seemed like Deshaun kind of just – shook some rust off from his early injuries defensively they really tightened up kind of all around the board and I think a lot of that has to do with you know just having a healthy Watt and a healthy Kleine play together and then you know in the secondary they've had really some some nice surprises in terms of Kareem Jackson being this incredibly versatile defensive back of a career year and then Justin Reed being a pretty uh, stellar rookie who's been pretty stable back there at one of the safety spots. What's been your first impression of Demarius Thomas? Uh, comes in in the middle of the week. I mean, you didn't get a big chance to get to know the guy, but what's just the first impression right off the bat? Yeah, I, I mean, he's a pretty uh, – a lot of the reporters in Denver told me that I'd like covering him because he's a pretty friendly guy and, you know, for kind of all the accolades he's earned. He's pretty approachable and he'll, he'll talk to guys every day, whenever anyone who wants to talk to him any day were reporters in the locker room, which is not necessarily the case for a lot of guys, kind of his stature. A lot of guys like that maybe only want to talk once a week at a podium or something, but he's uh, he's pretty friendly, and, and I, you got the sense that kind of the whole transition for him was kind of weird. Like, you know, he was asking the equipment manager for a, a different size sneaker because they didn't have the right measurements for him and stuff like that. You know, just like little things I'm sure he's never had to deal with for years that suddenly – you know, he's got to learn a new set of people or new set of staff. They have to learn him and, and all that. You wrote about Justin Reed and his relationship with his brother, Eric. And I want to ask you in just a second about them, but just quickly want to remind everybody that if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends. We're on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, all sorts of ways to get our content. Support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds and write something really friendly about us on iTunes. If you can email locked on Texans at mail.com for questions or comments. And Hey, uh, you just don't want to go to the Texans games. You know, you don't want to just go stay at home for those games. You want to go in person and uh, why not do it with vivid seats? They offer great prices for NFL games, concerts, theater, all live events. And our listeners receive $20 off great deal for you. $20 off orders of $200 or more. If you're a first-time customer, just use the promo code Locked On. the exclusive promo code again, Locked On. You know how to spell that. That's all one word, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders backed by 100% guarantee. Go to the Apple Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app 
and enter that promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game or any live event and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Aaron, you wrote a piece for The Athletic about how Justin Reed's brother, Eric, prepared him for the NFL. Everybody knows what Eric's been through over the last couple of years. What did you learn about the Reed family and the relationship? You know, it's a uh, pretty close-knit family, and it was kind of funny. It sounds like, uh, from what Justin said, you know, he really was kind of uh, the typical, um, you know, annoying little brother for the first, uh, like, 12 years or so of his life before him and Eric started to become a little bit closer. And, and some of that had to do with uh, Justin taking football a little more seriously. And, and when it became clear that Justin had, you know, sort of the same – level of promise that his older brother did his older brother kind of really uh tutored him and, and helped him out and prepared him everywhere from you know telling him how to go through recruiting process to uh pushing him to go to stanford because he had kind of watched enough with stanford to decide that would get his brother the most pro ready and then when he's out at stanford and, and eric's in san francisco the 49ers at the time you know they're meeting up to kind of you know, review film, review film and, and all that. So that's, you know, maybe would kind of help explain why Justin, you know, if you, uh, in terms of everything from on the field or off the field, seems like pretty put together and ready for this moment that he's in now. I mean, on the field, obviously, he's, he's been one of the more consistent defensive backs the Texans have. And uh, and then off the field, I mean, he's, he's pretty good to talk to and pretty thoughtful and, and seems like, a um, you know, just an intelligent guy. In regard to Demarius Thomas, he, this week for the bye week, he is, you know, studying and uh, staying behind. Any players that you know that, you know, have decided to take off for the bye week or is mostly everybody staying around just trying to get better? Uh, you know, I didn't talk to too many guys about the, the bye week plans, but the ones I did talk to, it seemed like they were all going to go home for a little while. Um, uh, I know, like, the, the two uh, rookies from Mississippi State, Jordan Thomas and Martinez Rankin, are both planned to go visit home for a little bit. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's – pretty common but regardless of whether they're traveling or whatnot i know justin reed's gonna go to california i mean regardless whether they're gonna travel or whatnot i think just the time off is the biggest thing for this team which has had to deal with so many injuries it's kind of at the same position groups over and over any surprises uh is there a particular player that has surprised you this season has exceeded your expectations yeah you know it seems kind of weird to say this because of all he's accomplished, but I think it's hard not to think that J.J. Watt has, you know, exceeded most people's expectations, right? He was – I kind of thought, you know, maybe he'd be 80% of the player he once was, and that 80% is still pretty good uh, – pretty damn good player, but he's turned out to be, you know, as good as ever maybe. If maybe not quite on that 20-sack pace, still a incredibly disruptive uh, force and, you know, arguably the most disruptive player in the NFL and – um, I think that is that is a surprise, right? I mean, who could have expected that you come back from two injuries kind of uh, like that, uh, just be away from so much game action for so long over the past two years to then come return and, and be the sort of force he's been again this season? Yeah, this is your first year covering uh, both him and Hopkins. I mean, what 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 what's it been like to cover these guys, either on the field or behind the scenes, maybe something – that you thought you knew about these guys that you weren't, you know, you weren't uh, expecting uh, from either Watt or DeAndre. I mean, I guess like, I don't know how much of this would uh, intrigue fans, but it is kind of, it's interesting just to see how kind of relaxed and good Watt is, you know, and um, with media, I think he always gives pretty thoughtful answers. And um, despite kind of all the uh, 
the attention on him and all the, uh, the strains on his time and stuff. I've, I've, I found that to be uh, useful for my purposes, and I'm sure a lot of the other people interviewing him would agree. My question in regard to Kareem Jackson, you wrote about him uh, in one of your pieces, and I'm asking you, great first half. He's showing his versatility. Do you re-sign? If you're Brian Gain, do you re-sign Kareem Jackson uh, for a little bit more time with the Houston Texans? You know, that's interesting. Maybe at the, uh, you know, maybe at the right price, I think you certainly got to give it a, uh, you certainly got to give it a look. I mean, he's coming off, this is the best year of his career. He seems like he wants to, um, you know, he wants to stay here in Houston. That's what he said in the past. I mean, I don't know how, it'd be really hard, I think, to just come bait with a guy like that when he has the sort of season he's having. And on top of that, you know, it's like, it's not like some guy kind of came out of nowhere and shocked people with this sort of season. I mean, this is a guy's spent his whole career with the Texans and is kind of a, a real presence in that locker room. And if he's a presence and he's producing like that, I think you got to try to keep him right. Does he have, does he have any explanation like why he's playing out of his mind this year? Cause this is, this is not the same Kareem Jackson that we've seen the last few years. I mean, he's playing a, on a pro bowl caliber level. Yeah, you know he's a um, you know he's a friendly enough guy. We'll talk to people if they want to talk to him, but he's not maybe uh, someone who wants to really puff himself up or, or uh, be super prideful. So he's kind of it seems like you know he kind of sticks to generalities when he talks about this. Like you know I just do it my job, yada yada. But it's interesting to hear the coaches talk about it because you know they said we had to do what's best for the team after Andre Hal gets gets sick and. And you and you can interpret that one or two ways, which is like this is the the depth that they had and they needed to do it, so they moved into safety and, and it all worked out. Or they said, or that was that they didn't think he was he Kareem was productive enough in the old setup, you know. But I think it's really been what's really been impressive is just the the versatility of uh, of him. You know, he can he's moved back and forth and he's been um, a really strong um, performer for the secondary that has lost so many people to injuries. And that's kind of the the biggest thing about the secondary that despite all the injuries, all the guys who have stayed healthy all season have been really good. I mean, Kareem and and Tyron Matthew and Justin Reed and and even before until his recent injury, I mean, Jonathan Joseph was playing really well, too. Aaron, I haven't seen a whole bunch of Bob McNair. Um, He has just been literally invisible. Uh, Seen a lot of Cal McNair. Can you tell us, you know, is there anything going on uh, with Bob? Is it his his health? You usually see him at games. Uh, What's your insight into that? To be honest, I don't know much about that. I haven't I haven't interacted with him much either, and I have seen Cal more than him. Um, but you know that that was kind of a it just hasn't been a thing that I, it's something I've been aware of, but it hasn't been something that I guess has been really adjusted to Porter's at least in the time that I've been on the beat, which is you know only, only starts week one. Well, we've got a couple more questions for you, but uh, just a quick reminder that our Locked On NBA podcast with David Locke has added Sam Amick from The Athletic, right where Aaron is from, and Ben Golliver of SI to the weekly lineup. If you listen to our Lockdown NFL show, you'll also hear uh, Texans Sage Rosenfeld, a former Texan, that is, and every week uh, with him, uh, along with ESPN's Mike Sando and Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. Uh, also love what we're doing on Twitter at Net. You can get all of the local experts of the Lockdown NFL feed. All, it's all in one feed. Amazing when all the games are going on. Or when news is breaking, just follow Locked On NFL Net. That's at Locked On NFL Net. All right, Aaron, who, who's your favorite personality on the Texans? Uh, who's been fun to talk to behind the scenes maybe that the fans wouldn't expect or, or maybe somebody that's real obvious? Who do, who do you really like to talk to when you go out there 
I would say Jonathan Joseph, just like a very, you know, veteran guy, always pretty honest. And I think always pretty insightful and, and uh, maybe what I appreciate most, always willing to give the time to, uh, to talk. And yeah, so he's, he's been, he's always good to go to. I feel like any, any kind of story I want to know about, you know, the dynamics of a team or about something on the defense, like uh, he's someone I have to talk to. So to him and, and maybe uh, Tyron Matthew kind of along those same lines. Yeah, Ty Matthew, just uh, you noticed it immediately when he came to the Texans. He brings a presence, doesn't he? That's what I mean. I feel like he's he's got the it thing with the walks. You walk in and Ty Matthew has a real, you know, presence in the locker room and just somebody that that you notice immediately. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, maybe some of that's carryover from from college or or whatnot. But uh, but he. He's kind of along the same lines. Always pretty honest and, and pretty willing to talk and and uh, and hear what you want to ask him. Is there any question to you at this point in the season? Do you feel like the the Texans have the stranglehold? If if there is such a thing, there's you know seven games left and uh, they're they're looking pretty good with as as far as the AFC South. But do you feel like they're they're the favorite right now to win the division? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to think that the favorite to win the division, right? I'll, I'll be interested to see what sort of Titans team comes to Houston here. Uh, in a couple of weeks, you know, as we're uh, as we're recording this, they're they're beating the Cowboys, but um, you know they got to go to New England, and 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 I'll be interested to see kind of where Tennessee's at by the time they come to uh, by the time they come to Houston. Yeah, I mean the only question I really have is like, what can Deshaun Watson stay healthy all season? I mean he kind of had a scare there a couple of weeks ago, and the offensive line has been better recently, but you know will it, will they be able to keep that up? Uh, I think we'll kind of play a big factor in how far this team can go. Do you feel like they can compete with some of the elite teams at this point? Or do they, you feel like there's a big jump that they need to make before they can go toe-to-toe with, say, the Chiefs and the Patriots and and, and the like? I feel like you got to see more kind of consistent dominance by them before you could really make that judgment. You know, I just think, like, they certainly have the talent, and I think it's, it's past the point of just saying they're lucky. I do think there's – there's some impressive kind of will in them, but it still feels like every game is, is a little too close. Or every game they're kind of they're kind of leaving some stuff out there. And you know if you're going to be able to play a team like the Chiefs or, or you know whoever, like you got to really be pretty much perfect in every kind of aspect of your game plan. Tell us what's going on with the athletic, and for people that don't understand how it works, maybe just explain to them uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, um, the Athletic is a website and an app that you can get on your phone, um, all ad-free. And the idea is, you know, uh, you pay a subscription site but or subscription fee, which is, is pretty minimal. The cost of, like, a cup of coffee a month. And, and then you get um, access to basically coverage, dedicated coverage of anything you're interested in, even if maybe you like the Texans, but then you follow, like, the Mariners or something for your baseball team. Um, well, we have a dedicated Mariners reporter too, and we, you know, we're covering everything like any other reporter going to every single game and all that. And, but the idea is, you know, we're kind of, if for the small subscription fee that you pay, it frees us from worrying about having to boggle ourselves down by just filling something on the internet every day. Cause we believe if you're kind of investing in quality, we'll give it back to you. And so you'll, hopefully you'll get stuff that you can't find elsewhere. Um, and, and I like to think that we're doing that uh, with the Texans or, uh, with pretty much anything else that we're covering here in Houston or, or elsewhere. Yeah, you, your guys' uh, motto is probably sort of similar. Ours, ours is you know your team every day, and 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 that's 
you, you pretty much are, are going with the same type of thing. So people can, it's a new world where kind of people pick their teams, I guess. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great model to have, but uh, Hey, uh, love having you on the show. Um, excited about what you're doing. Excited because uh, you're a Mizzou guy like me. And so it's always good to see another Mizzou guy. Uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Give me a couple seconds and uh, wrap things up. Uh, just uh, LockedOnTexans.com. You know where to get our content. Andy, Calvin, Joe, Brandon, all the guys uh, we got over there doing great work with the website. Look for Brian's work on HouseOfHouston.com on everything from Astros to Rockets to Texans. It's a fan side affiliate. My Houston Sports Talk podcast. Uh, you got that weekly. It's uh, on iTunes and all the places you'll find your favorite podcast. That's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 